On the 12th of August, 1914, a mere eight days after war had been declared between Britain and Germany, a group of nurses gathered on the platform at Charing Cross Station. Around them swelled bustling crowds of uniformed territorial soldiers returning from training, naval reserve men who'd just been called up, and civilians wearing little flags on their lapels, clutching the latest edition of the newspapers. The eight women were a mixed group. Some, properly speaking, were not even nurses. In the excitement and enthusiasm of the early days of the war, all that was needed to lay claim to the title was a uniform, the correct bearing, and a patriotic desire to serve one's country. Among them was Flora Sands, a tall, thirty-eight-year-old Englishwoman who spoke with a soft Irish accent. She, too, was not a qualified nurse. She had enjoyed far too privileged an upbringing to have trained for a commonplace career, but her leisured background had given her the time to take up nursing as a hobby. It was one at which she was supremely competent, although at times her unbridled enthusiasm tempered her ability. She had sailed through numerous St. John Ambulance Brigade courses. She was also one of the few women who had been trained specifically to give first aid in wartime conditions through her membership of two quasi-military women's organisations, the First Aid Nursing Yeomanry, F-A-N-Y, and the Women's Sick and Wounded Convoy Corps. When, a week before, she heard the news that Britain was at war, she was camping with her family and a couple of friends near Rye in Sussex. Leaving everyone behind, she leapt into her French racing car and sped back to her home in Thornton Heath, then a prosperous suburb of London. That week... She'd joined the throngs of women all frantically looking for war work at the offices of the British Red Cross in London's Vincent Square. There she'd been put in touch with Mabel Gruich, the elegant 41-year-old American wife of Slavko Gruich, the Undersecretary of Foreign Affairs for Serbia. Mabel was scrambling to enrol a corps of volunteer surgeons and nurses willing to travel to Serbia with her Anglo-American unit, but in the two weeks she gave herself... Her efforts at recruitment had been a disappointment. She was only able to hire those who could leave at a moment's notice and had failed to attract a single surgeon. Short of trained volunteers, she had agreed to interview Flora, who was determined to join the unit and had argued her case hard. Despite her experience, she had already received her first rejection by the time she sat nervously before Mabel. A day or two earlier, she had eagerly applied to become a voluntary aid detachment, V.A.D., an assistant attached to a British hospital, fully expecting to be hired immediately. Instead, to her disbelief, the interviewing matron had snubbed her. There are others who are better trained than you, and anyway, the war will only last six months, she told her brusquely. Although the matron had rejected her on the grounds of insufficient experience, Flora also had the wrong sort of experience. Few hospitals at the time were willing to hire women doctors, let alone a former member of the FANY and Women's Sick and Wounded Convoy Corps, organisations with strong links to the suffrage movement. Her prospective employers would have written her off as a potential troublemaker, and likely to submit meekly to the discipline of an Edwardian hospital ward. And Flora was anything but meek. But Mabel, desperate for all the competent help she could get, agreed to take her on. She may not have been a nurse, she reasoned, but her training in first aid had been comprehensive. She also needed women who were practical and adaptable, able to serve under potentially gruelling conditions, and Flora was both to a fault.
On the day the Anglo-American unit left England, Austria-Hungary attacked Serbia. The assassination of Franz Ferdinand, the heir to the Austro-Hungarian throne at the hands of a Bosnian Serb, provided the pretext that it had been waiting for to teach the fledgling but troublesome kingdom a lesson in humility it believed it sorely needed. The dynamic Serb state to its south had been an irritant for years. Flush with its territorial gains from the Balkan Wars of 1912 and 1913, it had served as an increasingly attractive magnet for the large Slav population in the south of Austria-Hungary, who desired, if not union with Serbia, then certainly a closer alliance. The Serbs knew exactly what they wanted. The formation of a greater Serbia within the territories that had formed their medieval empire, including parts of Austria-Hungary. On the 28th of June, 1914...